Yeah. Yeah, hi. Um, this is my first time sharing my testimony in public, so if there's a little bit of weirdness or whatever, so I mean, yeah, I just kind of like maybe excuse it for the first time, maybe. <laughs> but um, anyway, so um, I mean, I was born in a Christian home. My parents raised me well. Um, my parents obviously believe in the supernatural power of God, and that right there is really what changed my life. But um, when I was uh, when I was in elementary school. I was um, I was teased a lot, and I was kind of like, um, just like abused by like other the other kids would just like pick on me and stuff, and I didn't know how to how to like um, like how to defend myself. I just kind of like let people take advantage of me and just let people push me around, um, and that right there really like kind of like lowered my self esteem a lot, and I felt like I was worthless and like I didn't have any like like any say to do anything. Like I I had no abilities, and um, that was just like, like one of my teachers called me stupid one time, and uh, she didn't she didn't realize that I was listening. She was around the corner, but I heard her say it, and that really affected me a lot. But um, that was just the beginning of that. And then in junior high school, and uh, obviously, you know, most young people get you know men and women get involved with like pornography and things like that. And that was something that I struggled with, struggled with for a long time. And just like my sexual purity, like keeping myself pure, that was something that I really struggled with a lot, especially growing up. Um, and you know, I was a Christian, I was trying to be a good person, I was trying to be a, a, a good Christian boy and not you know, do bad things and try to do the right thing. But I realized that trying to do the right thing actually makes you do the wrong thing more often than never. Um, so that was, those were many issues that I struggled with there. And, um, you know, eventually my family and I, we moved to, uh, to Florida, and yeah, I'm really into cars, anyone that's not aware of that, I'm really into um, high-performance cars and things like that, and um, there was a car that I, I really you know, loved, uh, Mazda RX-7 Turbo, and that's something I, that was my dream car, and um, you know, it's superficial, but the Lord answered that prayer, and I, I was able to sell my old car in Florida without air conditioning for $3,000, in 24 hours, so I could buy the other car. Now, if that's not God, then I'm not sure what exactly that is, because <laughs> that's uh, there was other cars that were a lot cheaper than that one, and it just didn't really make sense why it sold. So I said, I'm not going to understand it. I'm just going to know that God was in it. And the car was like five minutes away from my house, and those cars are not cars that you just find five minutes away from your house. <laughs> but um, that was that was like the beginning of just like me like really experiencing God for the first time and experiencing the supernatural power of God. And, you know, I mean, that was, that was really a blessing for me. But at the same time, it also redefined my identity to where my identity was in the car and my identity wasn't in Christ. So the problem was um, I felt like without the car, I was worthless. Without the car, I was nobody. I didn't have any purpose in my life. So, you know, I invested, you know, a whole bunch of money into this car and the car defined who I was. And then eventually it got to the point to where, um, no, I'm skipping a lot, but um, basically we ended up moving back to California. Um, and then, you know, this car was still something that I, you know, had my identity in. And um, I would have many dreams about this car that I was having, um, like something the Holy Spirit really spoke to me was like, like where I was slowing down but I couldn't stop. And the Holy Spirit told me the reason why is because you're trying to do things yourself. You're trying to like, um, like do it yourself in that way. And that really spoke to me a lot. And he told me to sell it recently. And that almost, that almost made me cry because that really like <laughs> defined who I was big time. Um, but and that's something that I'm in the process of doing right now. Um, you know, and, um, and also, I actually stopped going to church for a long time here, and I started going to the clubs a lot, and I started drinking, and, you know, I mean, I'm the kind of person, the reason why I choose not to drink, not that I think it's a sin, I think drinking is okay as long as you keep your, you, you know your limits, but for me it's a sin because whenever I drink, I want to get drunk, because to me drinking doesn't make sense unless you're getting drunk. So that's why it doesn't work for me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that was, um, that was a really like confusing time in my life, maybe like three, four years ago. 
because I was not really sure who I was and I knew that I was doing the wrong thing by going to the clubs. I knew that it was wrong and I knew that I was doing the wrong thing, but I didn't really care. I just, I was just kind of like, you know what? I mean, I have friends that are, you know, going to the clubs. I have friends here and this is, these people accept me. You know, the people at church are great people, but they don't accept me the, the way that the people in the world do. So this is just who I am. This is just what I'm going to, you know, experience. But, um, it was really interesting. I ended up meeting somebody at my job, um, um, a woman fr from my job that uh, lives in Reading now. She goes to Bethel Church, and she was telling me about um, she was telling me about the things that happen at you know the school that she's going to. You know, people get healed of cancer, people get healed of diseases and sicknesses right there on the spot, just bam, done. And I'm like, that that actually happens today. She's like, yeah, it happens all the time. I'm like, okay. What church is that? I definitely want to go to that church. <laughs> so um, that was the beginning of just like me realizing that um, that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it's something that all of us know, but it's not something that I really, truly believed. Like, I knew it theologically, but I didn't know it um, in my heart. And that was the biggest problem. So... That ended up, I came to Epic Life here, and then, you know, it was a great, great church, great people, but, you know, I was still stuck in my old mentalities, and I was like, I don't know about this place. These people are cool, but this is a big church. I don't really know anybody. This is a long drive, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to go home. I'm not going to come back. <laughs> that, was, that was what I said the first time that I came, and as I was walking out the door, Eric Waterbury stopped me, and he says, hey, buddy, what's going on? I'm like, Okay. But, okay, this guy, you know, wants to take me in, and I've never experienced that before at, at any church where someone is actually willing to pour out to me like that, you know? So that was the first um, experience that I had with that, and then I just continued to come here, and um, for me, it's been, it's been really powerful just, like, how God has been speaking to me personally. Um, Recently, it's been, like, for me, it's been through dreams, where I've had dreams, like, prophetic dreams that would come true, and it's not like I was, I wasn't asking for it, they, they were just happening, and I was at the point to where I said to myself, you know, I was like, I don't know why these things are, like, happening and coming true, but this is not something like, like, I don't know about all that guy, like, you know, that's, that, that's a little bit too much revelation right there, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um... It kept happening, and I couldn't stop it, so I said, okay, if, if this is something that you're giving me, then I, you know, I pray that you would put somebody in my life that, that can teach me how to manage or use this, and use this gifting to your glory, and, you know, some, one of my friends here, um, I was meeting with her for coffee, and she said, I believe you're going to start having visions, it's not just going to be dreams, you know who you are. <laughs> so, ever since that day, it started happening, I started having visions, um, visions and dreams and words of knowledge, and for me... God really speaks to me a lot through, through prophecy. Um, it makes me feel very close to God. And I, there is a preaching I heard, and this is totally random, by the way. There is a preaching I heard a couple of days ago by Bill Johnson, and he was talking about when God gives certain people favor, it's not for that person. It's not because he loves that person more than anyone else. It's because he loves everyone around them a lot. So if, if there's any kind of like arrogance, it kind of like brings you back down again. You're like, oh, okay, this is like really what it's all about. Like it's about loving people. It's about loving everyone around you. And that's the reason why, you know, God gives us, you know, different giftings of healing, prophecy, um, word of knowledge or whatever it might be. But for me specifically, that right there is what has drawn me closer to God where um, several times, you know, God will give me a, a dream of something that I have to change. And I'm like, okay, I know that that's something that I definitely need to work on, where I, I hear it confirmed two or three times in a row, and it's like, okay, God, I, th I think I'm starting to kind of get the picture now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that, that has really spoken to me a lot, and just like realizing um, the reason why God heals the sick, and the reason why he raises the, raises the dead, and the reason why he does these things is not because he's trying to show off and be cool, it's because he, he loves us. He loves us so much that he's willing to do these things for us, so that way we can trust him more, you know, and there's a verse in the Bible that says these signs follow um, those of us that believe. It's not that we follow signs and wonders, but it's just that signs and wonders follow us the more that we seek the Lord. And the signs and wonders get the unbelievers to believe in Christ. Not that it takes that, but for some people it actually does, for me, unfortunately, <laughs> but that's how God spoke to me. 
so I just wanted to encourage everyone that, you know, everyone that is um, discouraged, you know, God loves you a lot and God has a big plan for you, not just theologically, but he really does have a big plan for you. And that's just something that I want to keep everyone encouraged with. And that's about it. <laughs> this guy was so quiet when he first started coming. Uh, and then he started coming to a group at my house, which, by the way, we're uh, having food tomorrow night, so that'd be a great night to check it out. Um, but when he would come, he would sit along my back window, and then he would slip out the side and through the kitchen and leave through the front door almost immediately. And it's been very interesting to watch him the last couple of years become a person who's pretty fearless, um, post a lot of powerful things on Facebook. The woman who actually spoke to him about this was Elizabeth Reisinger. Uh, today, she stepped off the plane to speak and to do healing services in Australia. She was in England a couple of weeks ago. God's using her powerfully, but I'll tell you something, when it wasn't cool, when nobody else was doing it, Elizabeth was going out into gas stations, she was at the mechanics, she was just faithful. Every place that God placed her, she was faithful to speak about him and what he could do. And God's raising up some really powerful men and women here, right here tonight. There was a, uh, a woman came and spoke last Thursday night, and you guys, I'm telling you, you need to come. Just show up. Because if you missed last Thursday night, you were dumb. I don't know what you got. And I hope it meant a lot to you because Havilah Cunnington spoke on courage and it was so powerful. I just got a lot of revelation while she was talking, but then she also gave some prophetic words over different people. And there are a lot of people, you know, you'll look at the person next to you and you think, oh, that, that person is, they're a nice person, but you know, there's really not that much to them. Ernesto was a guy, much like, Havilah gave a word last time she came. She said, Eric, you're a guy that people just walk by and don't pay much attention to. Now, you know, you're like, really? And then she had this awesome prophetic word that came after that. Ernesto was a guy that, he was so quiet, he just kind of faded into the wall. But he doesn't do that anymore. And I'm telling you tonight, if you're here and you're wondering why was I born and why was I made? Because I don't see any purpose to my life. God has purpose. <laughs> God has purpose for you. That's like a little highlighter, so don't be distracted. It's like God's little highlighter. He goes, pay attention. And, um, you know, some people get really powerful prophetic words. I just yell when it's time for you to pay attention. So, you know, God uses all of us differently, and some of us, you know, we're just highlighters. So I just want to encourage you tonight. If you don't know what your gifting is, you don't know why God made you, stick around. But it's kind of like the gym. If you come when, hi, I guess I'll go. If you only come when you feel like it, if you only show up every once in a while, you're going to look like the same people who show up at my gym every morning when I'm there Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock. And they're there, you know, uh, once a week. And they look like it. <laughs> Your spiritual walk can be very, very different. But you got to show up. You got to eat the food that we spread, whether you like it or not. And you just got to have some zeal. You're going to be like whoever you're sitting next to. So, you know, for me, I'd like to have a little more color. So, you know, if you've got color, come sit next to me tonight. I'm hoping it's contagious. We've got Sean Lawrence is going to come up and speak. Woo, woo. It's been a while since he spoke. And Sean is, uh, he's, Sean said nervous. If you're not nervous when you step up here to speak for God, you shouldn't be speaking. So let me pray over you that God will zap us, but you first. God, zap this man. Lord, we just thank you for the anointing that goes beyond intellect. We thank you for the unique, specific words that you desire to speak into each of our lives tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for the life that Sean lives so transparently and humbly before all of us. I pray that your anointing would be upon him tonight in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
All right, I'm excited. Yeah. I just want to keep hearing him speak. That was really good. Um, how about last week? That was dope. I, uh, I, I, I did everything in my power to make sure that she like prayed for me. I wore my red sweater. He said I looked like uh, sweater wear. It was bad. But I wore my red sweater. I sat there and I, and I prayed like the whole week before. I was like, God, Havel is coming. I'm getting a word. And I was like, as she was walking around, I was like about to stand up. I was like, all right, 80% of people got their eyes closed. So if I stand up, it's not going to be that crazy. But man, every time she speaks, it's like, oh, it's good. And you were dumb if you missed it, Jed. <laughs> so, uh, so what I wanted to talk about this week um, was our, uh, was, is about our patterns and establishing new patterns. And um, we're all given an, an inheritance, like a heritage, generational giftings, like things that are downloaded from our family. And it's kind of uh, small-minded to assume that our inheritance is only given like after someone dies. There's, there are so many things that are downloaded. Um, and some of them are great, discernment, uh, financial intelligence, tenderness, and appreciation of the word. But all sorts of other things run in families. Perversions, hard-heartedness, anger, drunkenness, manipulation, like the list goes on. And, um, there is a very definite uh, need for breaking um, like curses that have been passed down. And what that is is like if uh, you know, my, my grandpa let some sin kind of like rest in his life, he's just kind of okay with the fact that it's there. And then he gets to, he, he passes it on to his son. And his son deals with the same thing. It's like at some point someone's gonna stop this. And it's a very biblical thing. The, the sins of the father will, will um, visit the son and the grandson. It'll just continue. And, uh, and so Waterbury is actually going to talk about um, breaking spir- uh, spiritual or bad inheritance, basically, um, before we go into a ministry time. But I really want to talk about patterns. Um, and it's, it's just another thing that we get downloaded from our family. Um, and this is huge for me um, because it's been kind of uh, one of the biggest things that needed to get dealt with before I could have any kind of um, breakthrough in my life. I, uh, I come from a background, um, I, I, like, I like my, my background, like, I like my parents and they were good to me um, and I've talked about that sometimes and, and maybe I'll give you like a 30 second recap for the people who don't know me but my, my mom has this tremendous tenderness of spirit and, and I got that and she, my dad has this uh, love for the word. I mean when he was like 28 maybe, God said you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to read your word. And he was like, I don't know, and he wasn't really good at it. Um, and if he ever overslept, like five in the morning, his bed would just start shaking, and he'd get out of bed and he'd pray. And so, and it, that's amazing. And, and, and now he gets up at like 3.30 in the morning. I mean, guy gets like five hours of sleep. It's just, it's not me is, is the big thing. Um, I'm, I'm married now, so now I got somebody to cuddle with. Like, I could barely get out of bed at eight. Like, it's just, it's, it's tough. But... Um, for most of my life, I've tried to fit within the confines of my parents' patterns. Um, I, I've, I've approached God as my, my dad has, but it's just not who I am. And, and I don't want to re-preach that, the talk I gave a while ago about romancing the romantic, basically learning to, uh, to respond and follow God the way that God's designed you to be. But I do want to talk about the fact that you still get all of these patterns from your family. And um, you know the, the foil hat wearing crazy guy uh, who's like question everything? Like I'm gonna give you a little bit of that um, because I do want you to question like where are these tendencies coming from? Why am I doing the things that I do? Um, you get marriage patterns for example um, like, and relational patterns and how your parents like you know, chase after God is, is, you'll start to do that. If your dad gets up every morning, like, that's what you'll try and do. And eventually you can't do it. You just don't do it. But if, if for example, your parents don't go to church on Sunday, you're, you're going you're gonna to kind of grow up with this sense of like, ah, it's not that important. And, and it's like, um, let me give you a better example. My, uh, my, my parents have this belief that, and, and I'm not in any way 
parent bashing today, but I do wanna like point out things that I've been learning about. For me, the biggest growth was taking my like parents off like that, the pedestal and like looking to God and looking beyond because as if we live within the patterns that we've set, we essentially establish a cap. Like we're not going any further than the patterns we've set. And if, if you know, my dad always used to say, I want you to be smarter and go further than me. And I'd go, no, I just want to be like you. But no, I want to be better than you. Like the, the, now, the more I like think about it, like I want to be closer to God. I want to hear his voice. I have these dreams for just how I want to interact with God. And, um, and I'm only 25, like 26, I'm 26. <laughs> but the thing is like, I don't want to be, and I don't want to establish a cap in my life. And see, what my parents would do is, my dad has a belief that you're, um, you're a family unit, and, and the Holy Spirit is everything you need. And he, it says in 1 John that he will be your teacher. And it's like, well, it, that's great. Like, and so they, they were, they, there was just very simple life. Like there was drama-free, uh, stress-free, everything, but there was just this sense of like, there was a lack of community. And so, um, you know, my dad knows the word like crazy, but he doesn't share it. And he doesn't, like the, the iron sharpens iron thing is real. And, and it, it, I had to get past like my own little, this is all I want in life in order to get to a place where I can be sharp and I can be molded and made into something better. Um, and that's why like, as I talk about this, think about like your place in a community, in your place in life, like what are the things you're doing because um, isolation, for example, is a pattern that you can learn and it's devastating. Um, I'll give you a couple examples of kind of patterns that I've, as I was thinking about it this week, I started to realize. Um, in, the, in the Bible it says, be angry and do not sin. Um, and my dad had this, this belief that like, you know, if you're about to like lose it, like get in the car and drive. And that was his, like, he didn't want to say anything that he shouldn't say. He didn't want to lift his hand in anger. You know, it had, he had, he had some good reasoning, um, but what it really meant was that, you know, there'd be either an argument between mom and dad or an argument between me and dad and, uh, or the brothers, but he would leave in the middle of it. And he thinks that he's doing us a service by, you know, not saying hurtful things, but we're all sitting there, like, life suspended, feeling like, all right, well, when, what is, when he comes back, what's he gonna be like? And, and there was a sense of like, it was just, and he, had, he really didn't understand what was going on there. Um, and, and so as a kid, like, or I grow up, I'm not, no longer a kid, I'm in college, and I'm, I look at porn, and then I feel bad, and, and there was a sense that um, God needs a cooling off period. And, and I learned that from the pattern of my father, right? When, when he's, he's ticked, He's gonna cool down. And so what I would do is I'd carry shame around for about three or four days, and then I would finally come to God assuming that he'd cool down a little bit. And it's it just like the, the pattern that my dad set affected my relationship as a son with the father. Um, and it, so that, you know, the other night, Manny and I, first year of marriage, we have a good fight. It's like, good fight. And we, uh, and, and, and my first thought was like, I'm pissed, I'm leaving. And the, it's even worse because I like love my car, so it's like, oh, just I'll go out and drive and I'll be back. <laughs> but I realized like immediately God was like, no, like this is, this is a pattern that your father has set that you, uh, the Holy Spirit pointed out to you, you really didn't like. And, and so I didn't go anywhere. I stayed, duked it out, it was a good night. But <laughs> my kids are no longer gonna deal with that. I'm not, I don't have any kids um, and I don't like, I'm not really thinking about being a father, but I have now changed the course of my family. And there are little things that we can do constantly like that. Um, another pattern that I was thinking about this week was that um, my dad, really, really intelligent, corporate finance, uh, studies, uh, does numbers and spreadsheets all day. And he goes home and he turns on the TV just because he likes like the background noise and he says like it just is nice to like come home and like just kind of shut your mind off. Um, and then he would, he'd do all his things. So he'd, he'd do a little bit of reading, he'd cook dinner, he'd chill. He'd, I mean, he does whatever dads do uh, after work. And then, um, but 
And so like uh, right, right now I'm, uh, you know, I'll get off work and I'm in corporate finance and I do numbers and spreadsheets all day. I, I don't know how it happened. But, um, <laughs> the, and I come home and like, I love, like I wanna turn on the TV, but like, I, lately I've been like, well we canceled our cable. And, yeah, and, and, and I've been, uh, Netflix is still there, so. Um, I still wanna turn on the, the sound and, and um, really what that is is numbing things. Um, you wanna, and, and that is one of the biggest, um, like, n- uh, the, a pattern of numbing is one of the biggest things, it's like so easily learned. And we don't just get that from our parents, we get that from society, we get it from friends, we get it from just everywhere. And for some it's uh, drinking. Like you just, you know, drink my sorrows away, at the end of the day, a good beer is nice. Like there are a whole bunch of things that other people play video games. You can play video, I love video games, but you can play for like six hours and you've done nothing with your life. And, and it's even worse because if you have this like a, a poor sense of accomplishment, you don't accomplish much in life, when you sit down, it's like you pass a level and you check a box and they buy the, you, you like feel good because it, it, they've designed it so that it fills that void. It's like the ultimate numbing agent. Um, others max pain with jokes, porn, that's a huge one. I mean, huge. Gym, people go to the gym all the time. Like they get off work and they just, they, they don't really, they, they just don't feel right. And so they just assume, well, it's, it's my body. If I get my body right, I'll be right. And of course, you know, they do the one day a week, they never get their body right and they always feel kinda eh. And, and it's because they're trying to, they're following the pattern set and trying to, it's, it's just trying. And for me, um, I, w- I want to break these patterns. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm always asking, like, you know, why I do, what do I do things? And if, now that I'm married, she's always like, why do you do that? And I have to, like, think, like, all right, why do I do that? <laughs> but these patterns are, are um, especially the numbing patterns, are, th- are like the greatest detriment to growth. Because the moment, like, I love going to Waterbury's house because it doesn't have a TV. There's just this, like, peace in the house. You go there, and suddenly you think about this, and you realize that. And it's like, well, actually, that's the Holy Spirit, and he's, he's telling you things. And, and when you have media, like, on a constant basis, music and video games and TV and all these things, the Holy Spirit is just kind of like another sound. And... Uh, and it's a pattern that we've just kind of picked up. And, um, steady. And even well-intended patterns um, still yield broken results. Well-intended patterns will still yield broken results. I mean, my, uh, another thing that I learned was that, you know, there's three brothers. Um, all of uh, the other two are taller than me and buffer than me. But there were three of us, and they all, uh, all of us um, are different, like unique, very, very unique. And, uh, and, and so, you know, my dad, fueled by the things that he reads in the Bible, he, he remembers, uh, who's Joseph's dad? Is that, is that Jacob in the Bible? Isaac? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jacob, um, he had that one favorite son, Joseph, and he... He, tr- he treated him way better than everyone. And my dad like hated that. Like he, he would like go on like anti-Jacob rants about how like he, he couldn't stand the fact that he, and so my dad was well-intentioned, I will treat all my children always the same. That's nice. But, but my, we're not all the same. And, and so like for me, like my dad can walk in and say, son, you're, losing, you're, you're gaining weight. And I go, all right, I gotta go to the gym. I, like I'm very like, would give me the straightforward. With Chris, it, you, uh, you, he, he, he learned to like respond to that, but it was, it was slightly different. But with Colin, he's more, he's another brother of mine, he, um, he kind of evades. He doesn't really, that's not how he likes to uh, like learn. I remember as a, and this is, I, I realize, these are the things that I, I love the Holy Spirit explains. When I was a kid, I'm older by just a little bit, so when we get in trouble, 
I would always, being the, the upfront one, I would always just respond. You know, dad said, what did you do wrong? I'd set up and say, well, we did this, and I'm sorry, and I would take all of the blame. And my brother got used to like just standing behind and letting me take the blame, and so when he grew up, suddenly he just continued in that pattern of, well, someone else is gonna take the blame, I don't need to deal with it. And so, you know, while my, my dad thinks he's treating us all the same, you know, Colin's getting a very different upbringing. Um, and, and so it's well-intended patterns still produce broken results. My, my dad's reasoning behind why he wants to that, that, you know, treat all of the same, it sounds good on the onset, but in reality, like, it, it, you know, Colin's not walking with the Lord. He's, he doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't want to come home for Thanksgiving. It's a very, like, cold place. Um, well-intended patterns will always, will still yield broken results. As I mentioned before, fighting with uh, purity, for example. Um, church tells us there's a way, there's a pattern for fighting against, like, a lack of purity. If you're struggling with porn, you get an accountability partner, you get an internet blocking thing, and you just go to more Bible studies. But it's like six months later, your accountability partner just kind of fades away because you seem to be doing fine, and you get tired of paying for the blocking service, and so suddenly, like six months later, you're doing with the exact same things because you didn't, you didn't deal with the pattern, you didn't deal with the root. Um, and it's like, well, it, it's well-intentioned. We'll, we'll give them some structure, and that'll get rid of whatever's going on because we don't really know. Um, trying to, have you ever tried to establish purity in a dating relationship that's kind of gone south? Like, there's manipulation, there's control. It just, you just break up for a little while and pursue God. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot, it's more complicated than that. And, and it's well-intentioned, but it's, it's not, it's not going to work out. And the, and the other one I, I, I was thinking about is, you know, we give people programs and people just need Jesus. And, and broken patterns will produce the same results, like always, and, and it, it works the other way around. Your same results are a result of broken patterns. So if you're, if you're thinking about these things and you're struggling with these same things, like every couple months the same thing flares up or every week you're fighting the same thing, like there is a pattern and it needs to be broken and, and, and no amount of willpower or anything is gonna fix it. I, uh, I spent, most of my college years, and this wasn't me just like some dirty human, like I'd look at porn and then I'd feel bad and then I'd work out and then I'd play video games and then I'd look at porn and I never really wanted to like deal with like what's really going on and, and I'm getting together with Waterbury and, and, and I'm like, I suck, like I've spent a long time and, and he was like, well don't try harder, don't focus on your sin, Sin management's not gonna help. Like, what you've done like, has never worked. And he says, like, let go of all of that and only focus on the Father. Like, only pursue God. And, it, and initially it was like, well, I'm, I'm still useless, but God's gracious. And, and suddenly, like, I had no issues. Like, it was just done. Like, and it wasn't, I, I, my willpower is still useless. My willpower, or my diligence hasn't changed, but, the, the pattern of, that I had fallen into, and, and I broke the generational issues that you know, my, all of my brothers had dealt with the same thing, fairly certain my dad had issues with this stuff, like, but we have to move um, out of formulas and equations, and we need to get to the authentic, uh, authentic way of doing things. I, I just, I don't want, want to be a, a copy of my parents in some way. I mean, if you look at, um, if you look at Jesus, he, uh, his goal was just loving on people. Like, he was, he was not complicated in the least bit. And he, he but he said, um, he said, what did he say? I never, I only do what I hear the Father do. No, I only do, say what I hear the Father say, and do what I see the Father do. And, and he did, like, that's, that's what he did. But did you ever think that like he didn't go from just like virgin birth to just like adult? Like he had childhood, he had adolescence, he had pimples, like, and, and he got older. And so he had an earthly father, but he still managed to have like a heavenly um, way of living. Like he, he had, he, he did not pick up all of the patterns that 
his Joseph had. He picked up all the patterns of, uh, of his earthly father. And so it's like, if he can do that, then we can do that. That's, that's where I wanna live. And uh, it's just practical stuff. And so as I was thinking about, well, you know, normally when I recognize, when I hear something that's good, I'm like, yeah, I wanna do that. Then type A, I just try and do it. Like I'll, I'll, figure, I'll start a plan. I have, in my phone, literally, I have the, the four rules of Sean for this week. And it's don't eat anything after seven, only eat what you pre-plan. It's just like stupid rules that I like try and follow. But um, the fact is, um, if you if you just decide I'm gonna figure out all my patterns and fix them, like you won't, you won't, nothing will change. Um, introspect, it'll just lead to introspection and striving and trying, and that is cyclical. And you know you got another pattern. Um, so so God has actively been trying to redeem me from all the patterns I've done, and I've I've gone through Christ's life and I've had great friends and. So, so what are the things that I've found that have kind of like changed who I am? Um, and the first one is that I'm, I'm learning to listen to the Holy Spirit. Um, and Knopf always says, and it's, it's super simple, if you're a Christian, you hear the voice of the God, voice of the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice, we are his sheep, it's simple. So it's a matter of tuning in. And, and that's like the thing that I'm like, act, I, I, I'm actively pursuing. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice. If it's if it's loud and it's uh, unnecessary, I'm going to turn it down because I want to hear your voice. I'm. That's the thing that has the most power. Like if you hear nothing at all, the Holy Spirit is a change agent. And if you learn to live, hear, walk, respond to what He's saying, your life will look different. But that on its in itself, it, you can still get isolated. You can still. Um, reason your way out of things. You know, the Holy Spirit will say something and you'll just, nah, that's where I think I should end up. And we do that. But so the, the thing that really is powerful, because I've always had the Holy Spirit, but I haven't always had community. You, you want both the Holy Spirit and people who hear the Holy Spirit. Like, because I'll hear something and I'll discount it, or I'll hear something and I'll ignore it, but when everybody around me is pointing this thing out, like, I can't, there's no way around it. And, and, and with that, um, side note, don't be defensive and don't take offense. That's like the biggest thing. Because, um, you know, I, I, was, I was formally engaged and about two months before uh, the wedding time, um, she, she pulled out. And it was, you know, I was act. it was, it was, pretty devastating at, at that time. And so I was, I was playing the victim. You know, she left me and we were so close and I spent this money and just, I didn't do anything wrong. I was an angel and, and she just didn't want it. But you know, Roman, Waterbury, Knopf, they're like, ah, you were manipulative, prone to anger, inconsistent, just like, and if I had taken offense, like I wouldn't be here and my life would look exactly the same. And if I had gotten, I try, and, and really it says don't be defensive. I say don't be a defensive. You, you, that is something you learn. Because like, yeah. your natural reaction, like when people are like, ah, look at this, you, you're like, no, 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 that's like, I got that under control. So Holy Spirit in your life, people with the Holy Spirit in their life, and don't be defensive. Don't take offense. Assume that, you know, when, in, in the Bible when God says like, I chastise those I love, and so like you should know that like uh, if God is kind of dealing with you, like that's a sign of love. Like He is pleased, and He wants to make you look like Him. So like I spend most of my college years with zero chastisement. You know, I'm, I'm messing around, doing all this stuff, and and one day I realized like I'm illegitimate. Like I'm not I'm not a son. I'm I'm just kind of living my own life. And so like I got out of college and everything went to hell. Like everything I had dreamed, planned, hoped for didn't happen. And, and in that I was like, God loves me. It was, it was very backwards. But it's the same thing with um, community. Like if, if you get people who hear the Holy Spirit and love you, who say like, hey man, this isn't consistent. Like you're not living this life the way you should be. It's, it's, a, it's a form of love and it'll hurt. I cried a lot. But 
especially at finding out that I, like, I think the worst thing was not like the breakup itself, but just finding out how truly useless I was. Because I went from like, I'm gonna be a great husband to like, holy crap, there is a list of things that, that are all terrible about me. And I don't even, like, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. And the Holy Spirit's like, come on, we can do it. But even beyond that, um, for me, um, and, and really, the, the third thing I would say is you have to want it. Like, you gotta want it. You're not gonna get any breakthrough that you don't, you're not contending for. Patterns are exceptionally comfortable. Like, this is always how I've been. And, and like, I've, I actually said that to my former. I was like, I've always been like this. Like, and, and that was like a out for an argument. I was like, um, no, that's awful. And for, for me, the, uh, the, another thing that I really had to deal with is I had to, you have to take your, your parents off the pedestal. For, for someone who has a, like, a, a, a good background, it's taking them off a pedestal. It's being willing to do things differently. I, uh, I'm, but for other people, it's, it's taking, them, taking your parents out from behind the, the defense table. You know, like, you're blaming them for everything that's ever happened to you, and it's like, just give up and, like, listen to the Holy Spirit about, you know, now that this is how you are, like, what do you want to do? But, man, until I, like, I have to be, you kind of have to take ownership of your life. You have to, you want to be your own person, and, you know, I'm I'm married now, and so um, Mandy and I are one, but only one of us, like, lived under my parents, thank God be awkward but yeah a little awkward Um, but I can't subject her to like all the patterns that I've learned in in my family my uh, my ex was actually really like one of her biggest concerns was I was just gonna force on her because she could tell I love my family so I'm gonna force on her that family life like I'm gonna I'm gonna force all that stuff on her and at that point, I probably would have. Like, God's gracious. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, for, for those of us who are like kind of in a relationship, you, uh, the holidays come around and all of the like families are like vying for your time. Like, whose house are you going to Thanksgiving on? And they like, they're manipulative and they're rude. This is like, really? Like, we're just gonna eat turkey and you're gonna like sour our relationship over this? But you, in the midst of all this, you have to say like, we are, we're a family now and we love you, we wanna spend time with you, but we're gonna establish our own family patterns. And uh, yeah, they're married. (laughs) And so, uh, man, this, uh, this is kind of like, I, I'm not gonna, I can't stand up here and point out like all of your patterns. We can't, we can't fix it now. Um, but if you, if you actually go home and ask, like, and I, I would do this, I always is respond to what you're hearing, right? So Holy Spirit, what are the patterns that are inconsistent with the life you wanna lead? What numbing patterns are keeping me from breakthrough? Because that's exactly what numbing is, right? It's just forestalling breakthrough in every way. Um, ask and, and say like, I want this. Like this is what I want. I don't want to live comfortable and destined to be no, no deeper, no uh, healthier than my parents. I want more. I want to be like everything that you have promised. Um, and, and what do you do then when you're, you're establishing these patterns and your family isn't a fan? Like, especially with the, like, you know, Thanksgiving is a good example. But even more than that, like, they have a vested interest and in, in they, like, really want you. They won't say it, but they might say it. They want you to look like them. Like, you know, and so every choice that you make to, like, kind of be your own person, it, like, kind of irks uh, parental units, like they, they just really want to get, they, and it, it's, it's just ingrained. It ha, it's not like a detriment or anything, it's just how they are. And uh, there's, you know, the Bible says honor your father and mother. And, and it's, people con- confuse honor your father and mother with follow your father and mother, right? Because you can honor them, but you can do something completely different. And if you're doing it with the Holy Spirit, you're probably in a good place. I mean, Eugene and Angela, complete, they, they said, you know, they honored their parents, but they didn't, they didn't do what they, 
their parents said. And they have a beautiful relationship and are blessed on every side. And their, their wedding was beautiful and the families were, all came together, and, but they had to step out and make that choice. And, uh, and honoring is a position of the heart. It is a respect, you know, hear them out, but then ask the Holy Spirit, okay, that's what they said, what do you think? You're the Lord of my life, you walk with me, you, you hold me, you, you, like, you, you carry me everywhere I go. Where do you want me to go? And then, and then bring that before the, the, the people in your community, right? Because we get bias. It, we are biased. We'll hear the Holy Spirit and we'll go, oh yeah, like that's what I want to do. And you'll just go off. But you know, every big decision I, I talk through with my wife now, but formerly like I would, I would bring it to all my guy friends. Say, hey, this is what I'm contending for. This is what I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying. This is what my parents are saying. This is, and, and you get godly counsel. Like, there is safety in community. And there are people who, they come and go, and, and, and really, like, they, they're not gonna get very far. The, uh, I, I've spent my entire life wanting to be better. And I've, I've read a lot of the Bible, and I've memorized stuff, and, and I've done all the things that the pattern would say is how I get to God. But I've gotten no closer um, at all. And suddenly I'm, I'm sitting in this community where there are pastors and prophets and there are evangelists coming and there are all these amazing things happening and, and there are godly men and women who hear the Holy Spirit and I'm suddenly supercharged. And it's not because more willpower, you know, better Holy Spirit or anything, but just because there's power in numbers in, in some respects. And, and kind of the last thing I wanna talk about is, is, is old people, right? Because we, we're, we, um, we're young. You know, there's, sorry. <laughs> I'm not talking about this old people. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, college group is traditionally what, like 18 to like 24, and the working stiffs like me and, and Knopf and, uh, but they're, we, we're young, and we, the patterns we break now have the, the most ridiculous outcomes. I mean, you, you change a pattern when you're like 50, and you might lose five pounds, but there's gonna be no like lasting impact. It's like you can't teach old dogs new tricks. It's, it's, sadly, it's that simple. And, but you gotta think that like, what, the choices you're making now, you are still defining who you will be for a lifetime. And, and so, I suppose on top of that little list of with the Holy Spirit, with people who have the Holy Spirit, don't get, uh, uh, don't take offense like those things. Um, I would say that it's it's very important to uh, like be very intentional. Like I'm young, I I need to make these changes now because and because I'm contending for all these other things. But old people patterns are twice as embedded. Like they're just they're just stuck in there. And, and what we're gonna find, especially because there's an exceptional grace over epic life. Like most college groups, are just, they just kind of ebb and flow and they, but like God is here. I mean, prayer was ridiculous today. We, the, those of you who are back there, like I'm crying down my shirt and Nelda's yelling and it's very exciting. <laughs> but there, there is a, there's a, there's a grace over this group. And, uh, and we really want to steward and understand the power of our lives. Most, you know, college pastors, of which I'm not, they'll always talk about, um, oh, like we're going to take more, like we're going to bring in more college students, but like let's have a grander vision than that. Because as young people, you, you break these patterns, you change, and you listen to the Holy Spirit, and there's wholeness, and there's breakthrough. And then suddenly, we're gonna start seeing like 40-year-old, 50-year-old, just like this will become something greater than it is. And it's not because we're suddenly teaching better, or, or, but just because people crave wholeness. They crave change, they want breakthrough. And, and if it's not found somewhere else, but it's found here, people will be here. And you know, Paul, um, I love when Paul writes to Timothy because it's like he starts by my son and it's just very like, you know, I love you. Here's how, how I want you to live your life. And he says, 
Um, and this was Havila's word over me last time, because I got two in a row. But she said, <laughs> she, he said, let no one despise your youth, but in word, in faith, in uh, Word, in faith, in conduct, in love, in spirit, and in purity, be an example to the brethren. Like, don't just be, like, brethren, not like literally your brothers, but like the brethren, the body of Christ. And then he goes on to say, meditate on these things and give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. And and it says, for in doing these things, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And that doesn't mean that you all now need to go out and, and be teachers, but Change patterns equals breakthrough, which speaks louder than any word you could ever say. And the, the, it'll just take off. And, and so we should have a grand vision for what we're doing here. I mean, we, we, Christ's life, a lot of this stuff is from Christ's life, right? We, you hear about that, that um, kind of Bible study and you're like, I wanna do that. Well, really, it's rooting out lies, replacing them with truth, and breaking patterns. Like that's, that's what phase one is. That's basically it. You can do that. You have the Holy Spirit and you have all of these amazing people. So I, I guess as kind of a, a concluding thought, what I would say is that patterns are the biggest threat to breakthrough. Like that's it. And, and we, you need breakthrough because you will look differently. There is peace. There is, I mean, I spent most of my life hard-hearted and just very staunch, you know, like, you know, con- content in, like, I read the Bible and I feel good. But there was like a breaking and there, was, there were all these breakthroughs and suddenly like, I can't get through communion, a worship song, anything. I'm crying all over the place. And like, I love God. And, and I could always say that I didn't love God as much as I should. And, and it's just, breakthrough feels good. And there is, there, it's, there's peace that is beyond just, I got a raise. And, and, it, and it comes from breaking these patterns and from seeing change like throughout your life. So uh, Waterbury's gonna come up and talk a little bit about breaking generational patterns, but I would say this. If you feel the Holy Spirit speaking, if you can sense dr- generational issues that you wanna see broken, if you have some cyclical issue that you're seeing the same stuff come up, the same like level of fruit, if you, or if you just feel like responding. It, the Holy Spirit's saying something completely different than what I'm saying. Like we're gonna have people up here who all hear the Holy Spirit and are really excited about just walking with you through whatever you're going through. So that's it. <laughs>